0: Welcome to the New Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Nichol. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here and I hope you're doing well. Today I wanted to start by sharing a celebration. One of my clients and I were talking and I asked her, you know, as you reflect back over the six months that we've worked together, what have you learned? What stands out? And she thought about it, and she said, I learned things don't always have to be so hard. I felt less frantic this year, but looking back, I'm surprised at all the things I was able to accomplish. And I loved that. And I wanted to share that with you because it ties into my topic for today, which is emotions at work. And to approach this topic, I also want to back up a little bit. I don't often talk directly about mindfulness on this podcast, but it is the foundation of everything I do in my work. And by mindfulness, I simply mean a quality of attention where your attention is in the present moment with curiosity and kindness. It really sits beneath my entire philosophy for this work, why it's important, What makes it effective? And it's a foundational tool that you can use in your career, honestly, at any stage. But I feel especially when you start rising into a manager role, that's when it becomes even more important and even more useful, especially with respect to emotions. So emotions at work. So many of the clients that I work with, they come to me for questions they're having about being new managers at work, and emotion shows up a lot. Specifically, I mean, I hear things like, I want to feel more confident. I feel a lot of imposter syndrome. I want to motivate my team. How do I get my team to feel motivated and engaged? I inherited a team that is grieving. How do I support my team with all of the grief and the emotion that they're feeling? I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I need to do it all myself. I feel anxious about whether or not I'm doing a good job. So this idea of emotions shows up Number one, because you're a human, so congratu- congratulations, being a human means that you win an all-access pass to all of the emotions that are available to humans, which is a wide range. And I think we sometimes simply overlook that what is driving our decisions or our challenges or, you know, the reason we hold ourselves back and kind of spin in self-doubt or uncertainty is because there's this significant emotional component that we often simply haven't really been prepared or equipped to handle. We all, (laughs) you know, we all kind of wing it and we figure out what works for us. But I find that there comes a time when it Actually, it was really helpful to look at emotions specifically. The other interesting thing is that when you reflect on the most satisfying and rewarding parts of work, those are going to be emotions too. Like feeling inspired or feeling valued. Feeling like you work with great people and it feels meaningful and fun. Feeling respected for who you are and for what you contribute feeling appreciated for all that you do, feeling proud of the work that you and your team or your organization are doing in the world. I find like when we think about the most satisfying parts of career, those are emotion things. So emotions become really important. And as a manager, you now have to deal not just with your own emotions, but you're now reckoning with The emotions of your team in a new way and the emotions of the people above you in the organization. So sometimes what happens is as we rise in our career and we get a little bit, you know, into into that middle range, right? Where you're not the topmost person, but you're no longer the bottommost person. You're kind of somewhere in the middle. Becoming aware of the different like emotional landscapes of the organization you're in can be sometimes a bit confusing. It can sometimes be a bit challenging, kind of like, you know, you're now seeing this whole dimension of human interaction and relationship that you didn't fully appreciate was there. So where do we begin with emotions and how to deal with them? The first thing I wanna share is this idea that emotion presents as physical sensation, which means that when we're talking about emotion, we're talking about what is the physical sensation you're experiencing in the body as an initial way of identifying it. So if I asked you, you know, how do you feel right now? And you said, I feel pretty stressed. I'd say, okay, so what does that feel like in your body? How do you identify that as stress? And you might say, well, you know, my eyebrows are kind of scrunched up and I can feel like my shoulders are kind of tense. You might say, well, I, I know I'm stressed because actually I haven't been sleeping very well. So my sleep is really poor and I wake up and I don't feel rested. You know, we're, we're interested in what is the physical expression, the physical experience. And the same for really enjoyable emotions, right? So if I said, how are you doing? And you said, I'm doing great. I actually feel really happy today. Say, okay, interesting. Great. Tell me what does happy feel like in your physical body? And you would reflect and pause and say, well, you know, it kind of feels like this lifting kind of opening feeling maybe across the heart. Uh, You might feel it in your face. Maybe your face feels kind of relaxed, Maybe your jaw and your neck feel kind of relaxed. And if you're listening and you're wondering, my goodness, what is she talking about? (laughs) It's okay. I get that a lot. Well, actually, I get that 50-50. I would say half of my clients have a real easy time with this concept. It makes intuitive sense for them. But also maybe half of my clients feel less aware of their emotions as physical sensation. And that's when we actually can have some fun. It's like, okay, number one, if you think in terms of physical sensation, first just notice what, if any, physical sensations are present for you right now. Like, are your hands cold? Are you holding a, a cup? Is the cup heavy? Is it smooth? Begin to tune into the physical sensations because it can help give you some information about the emotions that you are experiencing. Now, the reason why it becomes helpful to think of emotion as physical sensation is it just gives us another way to grapple with it. And we want to become aware of the difference between the emotion we're experiencing, the story that we have around that emotion, and what are the facts of the situation. They get very blurry when we're simply living you know, full speed ahead. But when we pause and say, okay, so right now there's some, let's call it, you know, some imposter syndrome going on. You've gotten promoted to this new role and you're kind of questioning yourself if, if you can really pull this off and you're not really sure because it's kind of a big job and you've never done this before. And maybe your boss really believes in you and you're afraid to disappoint them, or you're afraid you'll let your team down because you think, I've never done this before. (laughs) Like, I've actually never done this before, so I don't, and I'm I'm afraid of letting people down, right? So you've got some imposter syndrome, you've got some self-doubt and a fear of disappointment swirling in there. So we can start to say, okay, well, what are the facts of the situation? And that can include everything from when were you promoted? What are your responsibilities? How many people are on your team? You know, what are what are the tasks that you're feeling most concerned about and why? Like we can start to to get into the facty part of it. And then we can look at the story part. Okay, so what's the story you're telling yourself about all of these things? And the story might be, well there's a lot more at stake now. It's not just me I'm making decisions for. It's for my whole team. There's a lot riding on this. You might tell the story of, well, now I'm so visible. Everyone is looking to me for guidance or answers. And I feel even more pressure about making a mistake. So we can look at, you know, what is the story that you're telling yourself about the facts and about the situation? And that might be a story about yourself and who you are. It might even be a story of, you know, people like me don't get big jobs like this, or people like me don't get the benefit of the doubt, or, you know, people in my family have always struggled with X, Y, and Z. The story is the meaning that you're giving the particular situation, and it can be multi-layered, which is Really interesting when we start to unpeel the layers to get a more clear look at it. So there's the story of it. And then there's the emotion. And emotions very rarely come alone. (laughs) Meaning, every emotion has a set of friends. And if you have one, you probably have others. So you might feel a swirl of emotion. It might be a combination of enthusiastic and scared. It might be a combination of, uh, you know, feeling intimidated and feeling eager. It might be a combination of anxiety, fear, pressure, stress, some shame flares, and, you know, remembering a time from childhood when you felt really unsupported and kind of out on your own to do a a big, hard thing. Like, it can all be a swirl. And so we want to disentangle some of those so we can get a clearer look at what are these emotions in play. And this is also why, as a manager, as you're learning to become aware of the emotional landscape of yourself, your team, the people that you work with, like you don't have to be able to read all the emotions, you simply want to be aware that it is in play that every human has an emotional landscape. And then as humans work together, like emotions are always a part of the picture, whether it's happening on the surface where you can really see it clearly or whether it's underneath. And for example, one of the ways I see emotions underneath the surface playing out in our day-to-day work is in avoidance. When we are avoiding something, you can bet it's because there's an emotional driver behind that avoidance. It's often discomfort or fear of a confrontation or fear of uncertainty or fear of the unknown. I don't want to have this conversation because I'm afraid of what this person will say. I don't want to have this conversation because I'm afraid of the emotions this person will have when I tell them, you know, X, Y, and Z. So when we're in avoidance, you know, when you know there's something you have to do or you need to do, but you stay in avoidance or you stay in indecision, there's a good chance it's because there's some emotion underneath that is driving that behavior And when you get more understanding of what is that emotion, what is the story that that emotion is about, how does that relate to what I am experiencing or perceiving or the the factiness of the situation, everything becomes easier. And so, you know, I had mentioned this client at the beginning of our show today and she realized, oh, I'm surprised at all the things I was able to accomplish even though I was less frantic. And one of the stories she had was that in her career, you have to be frantic and anxious in order to be successful. That was what she had seen modeled by others in her profession was that ambition meant anxiety. If you're going to be ambitious, you have to be anxious and frenetic. She had just never seen someone who could be kind of calm and relaxed and easeful, and successful at the same time. And so her fear was, if I let go of my anxiety, will I lose my drive for ambition? Will I not, you know, be as active in the work that I do? So we unwound the story, looked at the facts, looked at the emotion, and found another way to kind of challenge her her subconscious underlying assumption around the role of that anxiety in her career and it turns out in case you're wondering you actually do not need anxiety in order to motivate yourself to be ambitious there are so many other ways you can drive ambition and one of my favorites to share with you is the sense of legacy the sense of purpose, the sense that, hey, you know what? You're here for a limited amount of time on the planet. Why don't we use this time to contribute something good to those who are coming after? Whether that's the new people coming into your career whether that's your sense of legacy for your family or for your community or for your field of industry i find that when we think in that in that term the sense of hey you know what as long as i'm here let's make it good that is such an energizing place to motivate yourself without it being driven by like the fear and the stress And then, you know, the energy just feels different. It feels easier to move forward. We can get out of our own way and still have some time to relax and enjoy and celebrate. So emotions at work. This is a topic I want to revisit again in the future because there are so many different angles to it and to how it shows up in the workplace. But for today, I simply want to call your attention to How emotions show up at work, especially for new managers, in terms of the self-doubt, the overwhelm, the questioning, how you can best support your team and help them feel motivated, as well as realizing emotions are also part of the best part of work. That feeling satisfied, accomplished, respected, valued, connected. Like it's one of the things that is the best part of humans working together is the emotional part. So as you go forward into your week, it might be fun to simply notice what are the most prominent emotions that you experience yourself and what are the most prominent emotions that you notice or perceive in the humans around you. And it's just a practice of noticing, of simply becoming aware so that we can then become curious and start to learn more. But step one is to simply acknowledge and notice what emotions are present here. We practice that with ourselves first because you have (laughs) direct access to the emotions you are experiencing, whether you realize it or not. And then we can start to bring that awareness to understanding and relating with others in some new and really effective ways. So I look forward to talking with you more. This is what I've got for you today. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Oh, and wait, one last thought before I sign off. I am taking new clients. So if you want to work with me one-on-one, we can do this work on a deeper, more personal level, go into the show notes, you'll find the link to book a consult directly on my calendar. And we can also talk about how to present this as a learning and development request so that if your company has budget for your professional learning and growth, they might be able to to sponsor some or all of your work with me. All right, that's it today. I'll talk to you next time. Hey, before you go, if you like this podcast, leave a review. Tell me why you listen and what has helped you. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.